Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. I've been a lifelong renter and there's often a lot of guilt that comes along with that because you feel like you're missing out on one of the big life milestones of buying a house. And so you can feel like, you know, maybe you're not doing what you should be doing. But there's times where I get to speak with very intelligent, very accomplished finance experts out there. And it makes me feel a little bit better when they see things from my point of view and can help me ease my internal <laughs> financial conflict that I and guilt that I have sometimes. And one of those amazing people that I've had the, uh, the privilege of knowing and speaking with is Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez. So Stephanie, how are you doing? Oh, it's good to be back. We've had several conversations about renting and what it's like to be a renter and all the feelings that come along with that. And you've discussed this on your show, Money Confidential, which I mean, I'm a little biased. You know, I may be a part of the show, but I still think it's a great <laughs> show <laughs> that you put together there. And you also you write about ambition and money over at ambition.bulletin.com. I'm sure this is a conversation or a topic that comes up all the time for you. Uh, and this is one of the reasons you tackled it in episode 31 of the podcast, Money Confidential. Oh, yeah. I know you've been behind the scenes with me working on the show, and we've been having this conversation over and over again. And it's not just about buying a house. It's a lot about what does buying a house mean for me as a person? What does it say about me that I've achieved this milestone? Does that mean I've made it? Is that the culmination of my American dream or my parents' American dream for me or the world's expectation of me as a 30-year-old or 40-year-old or 50-year-old? There's so much baggage with the emotional idea of home ownership. And that's what I've been finding in our conversations with our listeners at Money Confidential is that so often it's that emotion driving the decision. And sometimes it's a good decision for that person. It's aligned. But oftentimes, you know, you and I have been finding that we're talking to people who maybe buy a house and then they regret it. We did a whole episode on home buyer regret. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Janice. I think Janice, has Janice been on Popcorn Finance? No, not yet, but she's on the list. Okay. Well, <laughs> Janice had a great story about, you know, she, she said, I was never more broke than when I owned a home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is a line. That is a line because that's the part of the homeownership dream that you don't hear too much about no. that it's expensive it's expensive to own a house you know you and i are renters and you say you feel guilty i don't feel guilty at all i call <laughs> i get i call my super i'm like i have no expertise in this this is not my responsibility i'm not the property <laughs> owner and bring on all the people whose job it is to maintain this house i am not paying thirty thousand dollars to replace a water heater or a roof thank you very much <laughs> You know, I will say that is when all guilt flies out the window when I'm like, oh, something broke. Oh, hold on. Wait, I don't have to pay for this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there are not no cons to renting. Of course there are. But I think the way in which homeownership has so often been positioned as superior, I think there is starting to be some maybe some interrogation of that in reality in, in today's era in which, you know, I, I've moved five times in the last few years. It would be wild for me to own a home. I don't know where I'm going to live in another <laughs> three years, right? So I loved how, you know, on the show, there's been a lot of great connections between the lifestyle aspect and the financial aspect, which I don't think we talk about a lot. No, I, I think it's so common, especially in the news and you hear people on social media that they speak in these absolutes when it comes to money. Like, 
you need to do this. And if you're not doing this, this, you're, you're wrong. Or if you're 30 and you haven't done all these things and what are you doing with your life? Like there's all this pressure that I think that also gets mixed in with the homeownership conversation where it's like, you know, you have to, like you have to do this and not leave room for nuance. Like there are great positives for buying and there's great positives for renting. And I think it's understanding that it's okay to make the choice that works best for you. And not falling into the trap of I have to do this because someone's telling me I have to do this. A hundred percent. You were just reading me quotes from the listener we just interviewed. What was what was the first one she said? Oh, the first one was great. So uh, this is from Cheryl. She said that's awesome. I, I'm going to do your line, Stephanie. Her name Go is Cheryl, it. but that's not her real name. <laughs> we're going to call her Cheryl. That's not her real name. Uh, so Cheryl said, uh, everyone in my life is like, you got to own a house. You have to own a house. And I did it. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people have the total opposite experience. This is the other thing. When I say I love renting, people think I'm anti-homeownership. And I'm like, I am anti-homeownership for me in this moment of my life. Mm. It doesn't mean that I'm anti-homeownership for everyone. It doesn't mean I won't own a home one day. I might. But given the circumstances of my life today that I have a lot of uncertainty around where I want to be living, it's not for me right now. But I'm not anti-homeownership this. I just, this is the kind of conversation I wish we could have. Like, let's let's just kind of talk it out. It doesn't say anything about me as a person or you as a person. It just says like, right now in this moment of life, this is the decision that's best for me. And I wish we could do that about all things money. Yeah, I mean, just to be able to say, I don't want to do this or this isn't the right fit for me. That does not immediately mean that everyone else who is doing this is now doing something wrong. It doesn't have to be that. That doesn't. You can just make a decision that works for you and be happy for those who make the decision that works best for them. Yeah, it is funny, though, how this is this theme. The listener was saying it in the quote, and I think you've had this experience, and I know I've had this experience, where it's like people want to convince you that their choice is the right choice for you, especially yes. with homes, especially with homes. <laughs> I want to ask you about this other quote. This is one of my favorites. Also from Cheryl, she said, if you're taking a 30 year view on what a mortgage is, it is actually more financially responsible just to rent and not to own and to have a big pile of savings and go on vacations, live your life and do all of that. This was someone who was very staunch on, I have to buy a house. My family's told me I need to buy a house. I bought it and I didn't like it. And now she's seeing a different perspective. And now you can see how her views have changed and shifted over this. And I think I've, this is kind of the approach I've taken to renting where it's like, I mean, I, I don't know if I could, but I could try and buy a $900,000 house in the, in the market where I live. Or I could say, you know what, let me focus on I'll rent and I'll take the money I'm saving and I'll put that towards retirement. And that'll be where I put my focus and grow my wealth there. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this on Money Confidential, which is part of the narrative of homeownership has been as a pinnacle of building wealth, which for many people it has been, right? Their home yeah. is one of the biggest assets in their portfolio. But it is not the only way to build wealth. And just because you don't own a home doesn't mean you cannot build wealth. You can, you know, I invest very aggressively. Um, I invest in REITs, which are a real estate, a kind of real estate investment, even though I don't own own real estate. So, you know, I can still get exposure to the real estate market without dealing with, for me, what it seems like a nightmare of, you know, dealing with things breaking down and having to <laughs> deal with roof leaks and just like all the things I can't imagine. Again, homeownership for me, this point in my life, no. But I get it. So, 
again, we just have this conversation, I think, about broadening out what it means to build wealth beyond a home. And, you know, there have been some interesting comparisons about the return on investment of real estate on average over the long term versus the stock market on average over the long term. And uh, it's pretty interesting (laughs) to see how much the stock market has outperformed real estate traditionally. That said, you know, past performance is no indication of the future. And obviously with real estate, there's a lot of unpredictability. I know people probably saw the values of their home shoot up in the last year, right? So you could have a rocket ship scenario where your home appreciates super, super fast. But, you know... It's not the only it's not the only way to build wealth. And there is there is a lot of cost and consideration that goes into that investment in a way that, like, I don't have the bandwidth for, you know, when I buy a stock, it costs me almost nothing to buy it. It costs me almost nothing to sell it. And I can do it with a click on my phone. And that's the way I like my wealth building to work. I'm with you 100% on that as well. You know, one more note I wanted to add to that was another thing I noticed in a lot of our listeners' submissions was the pressure people felt to buy a home was kind of getting in the way of their other financial goals. So Mm. they were like, oh my goodness, like I feel so bad that I can't even begin to save for a home because I still have $50,000 of student loan debt and $15,000 of credit card debt and I don't even have an emergency fund. And it's like... That pressure to buy a home is not helping you in that scenario. It is okay to rent. It is okay to focus on your financial foundation. And I think this narrative of homeownership gets to be like really destructive and self-defeating when it creates that kind of pressure for people. 100% because you tend to beat yourself up when you can't reach a milestone you think you, you should. Mm-hmm. And when I, I know, you know, I have family, friends who ask, you know, have you haven't bought a house? Why haven't you bought a house? Like it, all that pressure tends to make you just ignore all maybe the good things that you're doing. And the other list of things you like to accomplish when you feel like, OK, now because everyone tells me I have to buy a house, this has to now move to the top of my list. And now maybe someday I'll get to go to those and reach those other goals that are on there that I know I also need to achieve. You know, the biggest thing that's come up again and again when we're talking to the real estate experts is like the mistake you don't want to make when you buy a house is to not have your financial foundation in place, Mm -hmm. to not have any savings left over after you've made the the down payment and the closing costs and everything, because that's when you get in a real hole and that can escalate really quickly. And so that's just like a recipe for stress. And when you do make the choice for homeownership, that's a big financial decision. It's a big lifestyle decision. So I want people to feel really good about that choice. Mm. And so if you do have a financial foundation in place, it's going to help you enjoy, I think, the lifestyle aspect of it, too. Before we get out of here, where can people go if they want to reach out to you? They want to see some of your work, some of the amazing pieces that you're writing out there. Or uh, just say hi and and maybe leave you a really great review on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, you should definitely come on over and search for Money Confidential on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen and leave us a five-star review and a rating because Chris and I both work together on the show. So that's a great way to support us. And you can also check out some of the writing I'm doing at ambition.bulletin.com. My name is Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez, so you can find me on social there, too. 
And I'll make sure I put links to all that in the show notes. That way everyone can uh, find that easily while you're working out or driving or whatever you may be doing while you're, you're listening to us. So Stephanie, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. And it's always great talking with you. The best talking to you. And thanks to all of you for coming back and joining me here for another episode. If you want to keep up with what's going on with me in the podcast, come over, join me on Instagram. Just look for Popcorn Finance Podcast and you'll find me there sharing some stuff about the show and even some behind the scenes. This is exactly what longtime listener Terry did. Uh, she follows me on Instagram and she left me this really kind update on her financial situation. She wrote, hey, Chris, wanted to update you. In the last year, I've paid off my house and now my net worth is above $400,000. I've maxed out my 401k last year and this year I'm on track to do it again. Thanks for all the knowledge you share. So first of all, let's just take a pause here and give Terry a round of applause. Here you go, Terry, it's mine. And just imagine a bunch of other people giving you a round of applause in their homes because this is a huge accomplishment. It's so great to see how far you've come. Terry's been a longtime listener and I'm so happy to hear that you're making these these great moves and progress in your financial life. So Terry, thank you so much for your support and for being this week's Colonel. As always, I appreciate you all joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy keep it poppin' like Mary Poppins.